what applies to you know like to general like um, projects that have some machine learning component and here you can see uh, different topics that, that we will discuss how to frame a problem as a machine learning task how to prioritize some ideas that you have how to collect transform data how to evaluate ideas because usually you have a lot of ideas and then you know basically how to prioritize them and then then uh, see which which one you will focus on first right and and, and continue and then also how, how to move to production uh, another motivation for me is to promote Informatica. Uh, of course, I mean, there is a, a brand logo and, and all that stuff. And uh, also, I, I would like to, to bring you closer what we are doing in Informatica because uh, before I joined Informatica, uh, I haven't had heard about Informatica. And it's, it's, uh, it's an interesting story how I started working in Informatica, basically, uh, my wife is an architect and, and at the time she was looking for a job. So she put it, um, you know, like in, in LinkedIn and indeed you can set alerts, right? When the new job is, is there and she put it like architect, architecture and that stuff. And the, the job posting from, from Informatica came that was mentioning some of those keywords and, and, and she forwarded it to me. So I was like, okay, I, I mean, the job looked, seemed interesting, but I never heard about, you know, like uh, Informatica. So as I, as I went through and, and I learned a little bit more about Informatica, it started to be more interesting for me. So, I, I mean, the, the point is maybe, uh, you know, you can find some fit or something that is interesting for you as well. So this is also uh, one of my motivations for, for this talk. Uh, okay, so, uh, this is a, 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 the project that uh, I, I'm going to talk about is, is about the uh, recommender system, uh, the transformation recommendation system. And uh, before I, I start talking about the uh, transformation recommendations, uh, I, I would like to give you a brief introduction about uh, mappings and ETL procedures. This, this is one of the products that, that, that we have at Informatica. So uh, my, my assumption is, my guess is basically that, that not all people are, are familiar with, uh, with uh, ETL procedures and mappings. So uh, basically, uh, what are ETL procedures? Uh, it stands for extract, transform and load, right? And these procedures are, are used for data integration, right? You have um, different data sources uh, in different systems, right? You can have a database, you can have some app like Marketo or Salesforce, you can have some uh, flat CSV files, etc. So th th there are different, right, sources. And, and uh, you can, right, um, use these procedures to basically program to write uh, a simple program that will uh, load the data, transform it in some way, and then store the data in, uh, in some other source, right? So let, let's, let's take an, an example, right? Let, let's say we, we, we want to see how well we were selling our product over the different geography, right? Or over different demographics, like, Right, I mean, where are customers coming from? How old they are, et cetera, et cetera, right? Now let's imagine that we have two, um, um, two data systems, right? One, one system is, uh, is with the customer data, right? We have uh, customer data in one, let's say, database. And in another one, we have our sales data, right? So basically, what, what, what we can do uh, we can connect to uh, one source, right? We can connect to another source. Then basically we, uh, we can do sort on, on one of those just to, to have uh, better performances. And then we, we join, right, those two sources. And then after that, we can do different uh, transformations. For instance, we can aggregate, right, these, uh, uh, these records by, for instance, by the country, right, where the customer is coming from. 
and then we can generate the report. For instance, what the simplest one could be a, a Excel spreadsheet, right? We can generate an, an Excel spreadsheet with the aggregated results. And we can store that in, in some, um, on some um, <clears throat> files, share right system, or if we want, you know, like we can store back to some, some database. So uh, th this is uh, like uh, an example of, of writing a simple ETL procedure, right? Um, I mean, we can do that programmatically and we can use um, one of our favorite programming languages and, and all that stuff. The, the thing is, I mean, if we're doing that every day and, and uh, there are a lot of similarities, I mean, it can take us a long time, right? So uh, the, the, the long story short, why we are using ETL procedures is basically to make our life easier and to, uh, you know, like put a couple of these boxes and uh, parameterize them and execute some data integration tasks, right? And, and the, there is a lot of abstraction basically within sources. We, we define just which source we want to use and we don't care about how we are going to connect and, and all, all that stuff, right? Uh, so th th this is a, a, a brief introduction about data integration and, and ETL uh, procedures. And uh, the project that, that we've been working on is um, basically uh, uh, we wanted to uh, uh, extend uh, our product called Cloud Data Integration, which is a tool for building those uh, ETL procedures. And uh, before uh, this project, basically our users were using, you can see th this is a, a, a canvas of the uh, data uh, of the ETL designer. And um, what, how they were building ETL procedures was like uh, on the left-hand side here, you can see uh, a list of uh, transformations that you can put basically on the canvas. So users were uh, going through this list and when they need something, basically they were uh, drag and drop those uh, transformations on the, on the canvas. Um, what we wanted, we wanted to bring those transformations closer to, to our users so they can, you know, like as they progress building the uh, ETL uh, procedures, basically they have uh, access to, to, the, um, to the transformations that they can use. So um, what we did, basically we introduced this uh, drop-down list, right, where you can, uh, as you build the, the uh, the procedure, basically you, you can select uh, one of the, uh, the transformations from a list and, and you can use it on, on, on your, uh, uh, inside of, of your pipeline, right? Uh, so the, 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 part, the machine learning part here was actually, you know, like this list um, is uh, decently long, right? Of the, of the transformations that you can use and uh, Basically, instead of scrolling down through this list, we wanted to predict which transformations are you going to use based on the uh, transformations that you already used on your canvas, right? So to, to me, this is um, very similar as when you are uh, coding and programming your um, function, right? I mean, you, uh, you probably all of you use some um, uh, programming environment like IntelliJ or, or PyCharm or, or Visual Studio or whatever you, you, you're using, right? And when you're coding your uh, program, you have the, that auto-completion, right? You, you, you start something and then you, you continue. Uh, you, can, you can get a list of recommended completions and instead of typing everything, right, you, you can progress faster. So the, the idea here is the, is the same, right? As you, you're building your um, ETL procedure, you um, continue by using some of those suggestions that we provide, uh, that we predict, right, that the, the user is going to use and, and you add to your uh, canvas. Uh, if you're interested more about the, 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 this feature, uh, I, I, I um, put the link to the, um, Docs 
so you can uh, you can take a look and uh, also one notion about uh, etl procedures in uh, informatica um, terminology uh, we call them uh, mappings uh, it's historically because right i mean we are mapping um, something from the source right to the target and um, so uh, I'll, I'll use the, mainly the term mappings, just not to be confused. Like mappings are, are right? I, I mean, it's the same as ETL procedures, uh, where, where you're connecting your source to, uh, to target and um, on the way you transform your data uh, as you like, right? Uh, so, so, uh, to give you a, a brief overview of the of the life life cycle of, of machine learning projects, like the, there are some five typical phases um, when you're you're developing your your project, and uh, you can see in different literature and, and people are naming it differently, but but these are the, the main things, right? Like uh, first phase is is like data acquisition. And, and this is when, when you understand the problem that you're um, solving, you want to get uh, the data and actually figure out what you have, right? How the things are, are, are working. And, and this, this phase is uh, usually very uh, labor intensive. Uh, it, it takes a lot of time. Like some estimations are, are 60, 70, 80% of, of the whole project time you, you spend, you know, like transforming the data and, and uh, you know, integrating and looking how, how, what's the format and how, how you need, you know, like to, to transform data so it can work for you. So the, the, this is the, the, the data acquisition when, when you prepare basically your data. And then the, the, the next phase is, is data exploration. And this is the phase where, where you want to uh, really understand your data, what's there and get an intuition. So this is like, you, you look, right, what's there, you, you do some analysis, like is there something missing, you know, like what are the statistics, depending on all the data that you're using, you know, like you, you can identify is there something missing, you know, or, or <clears throat> basically are there any patterns that, that you can spot, you know, this is all, uh, I mean, machine learning is all about spotting some patterns and training algorithms to, to actually learn those patterns that we can apply later, right? So uh, th this phase is like, let's understand the data, get our intuition, and based on this intuition, we will build uh, models, which will, you know, like represent that intuition. So um, the next phase is actually modeling. And that is when you're, um, you know, like you're testing different hypotheses. You say, okay, I think this will work, you know, like this, this can predict, let's say, uh, that the next transformation would be that, right? Based on, on this, right? And this is a hypothesis. And uh, until we don't try it on the real data, it's, it's just a guess, right? I mean, we can think it's working, but uh, until we don't put ship into water, we don't know is it going to float, right? So it's the same here. Uh, so we, we have a, a, some idea and then we test it on, on the data, right? And here the, the rule of thumb is uh, try first the most simplest idea that you have. I mean, the, the, the reason is, is, is very simple because uh, first you, you won't spend a lot of time, you know, implementing that. And the second one is if you have to throw it away, you, you won't be very sorry, right? I mean, if you spend weeks or, or even months developing some very complex model, and then you realize that it's not working, it's, it's not great, right? But if you can um, rapidly prop prototype, spend maybe half a day or, or, or a day developing something, and then you, you, you try it as soon as you can, you, you, you can get some, you know, like, uh, you can learn something from there, you can get some feedback, and then you can, you know, like improve it and add more complexity as, as, as needed. So the, 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 this is the cycle. Basically, you, you Sorry, know, like, Bojan, there's a couple of questions just come in there. Sorry to, 
disrupt your flow. Sure. Um, just, just two questions that come in. And mm -hmm. a lot of these functions in ETL seem similar uh, to a SQL workflow or query. Uh, are they entirely different functions? So um, those ETLs, like you can have a, a, a stored procedure as, as a part of, um, you know, like as, as one of the transformations. The, the whole thing here is that you don't need to write a, a lot of code. So, you know, like you, you visually can see you, how the data is flowing and, and rely on the abstractions that transformations are, are providing for you. So basically the transformations are, are you know, like these are the common things that a lot of people are, are using. And instead of, you know, like writing your own SQL, Java or whatever code, you can just, you know, like drag and drop that on, on the canvas and, and, and use it. Okay, perfect. Then, uh, second question, 70-80% of the time spent in data acquisition, does this mean that all the data um, and data cleanup is spent in the data acquisition phase or is data exploration has no change um, of the data? Yeah, yeah that's, that's a great question actually. Uh, you know, like these phases look like it's, it's a, you know, like there is a step-by-step -step things, but it's, it's not like that, right? I, I mean, like uh, a lot of these you have back and forth. And basically when you do, you know, like uh, you get some data, you transform it in a way you think you can, you know, like easily use it. Then you figure out, oh, okay. When you start exploring it, oh, I'm, I'm missing something. So you go back, right? And then you change something. So, you know, like it's, it's, it's not kind of, you have a, a fixed steps that, that you follow. It's more, you know, like you, you, as, as you progress, you, uh, you know, like transform your data as, as you like. And then basically you, um, the, I would say that the main thing is that you get an intuition of, you know, like what's there in the, in the data and what, what you're developing. And then accordingly, you know, like you change, uh, for instance, like, let's say, uh, you know, like we, uh, we, we've been looking at in, in, um, the transformation that is before, right. The, the transformation that we are predicting. But then we realized, oh, look, maybe we can, you know, like look not just one before, we can look two before, right? And then we, we change, you know, like how we're transforming data that we can, you know, like uh, uh, set up, right, for, for this, what we want. So that, that, that's the part, right? I, I mean, like you start, usually you start this uh, with, the, with something as, simple as possible and that you, you, you can go through the cold cycles as fast as possible. And then you learn, right? And, and just like a normal workflow, it, it's going to ebb and flow with, with, with if, if the next stage is hit, great, move on to the next stage. If not regress back to where you were. Exactly. Right. I mean, our, our goal is to have exit here, right? When, when we are on deployment and that we can go to production and, you know, like whatever comes us close, you know, like, faster to, to this one, basically we focus on that. So my, my, my point is like, you know, like uh, spending a lot of time on, on things that you're not completely sure that you're going to use, right? It's, 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 it's not a good, great idea. Usually, you know, like let, let's, let's see how we can um, go as fast as possible to, to, to this phase and then we can decide, right? I mean, do, do we yeah. need to change something? That should answer Paul's question around uh, you know, there around the normalization. Just uh, the other question, last one, and then we'll keep going. Um, extract might also be taking data from unstructured sources and not necessarily not necessarily existing databases. Is this right? So the the, the question is um, how how can we uh, extract the data from unstructured sources, right, or non-existing databases? Yeah. Is that well? No. Um, it might also come from an unstructured source rather than your, you know, your existing database. Is that right? Ah, okay. Okay. So uh, the question is about the, the ETL procedures, right? The, yeah. Yeah. I'm guessing so. Okay. So for the unstructured, I, I, I assume it's, it's about the text. So you can, you can process the text and, and do some parsing on, on the text, right? I mean, the, the, to the best of my knowledge, how, how, you know, like people are using ETLs, 
is, is mainly for the structured ones, but also you can, you know, like parse some hierarchical data or, or unstructured. I, I know there was some, uh, there, there was some support for instance, for, from text extracting like named entities, right. And then connecting them like named entities are persons, organizations, and, and, and that stuff that are mentioned in, in text. So you can mix a, a, a lot of things, you know, like it, it, it gives you a, a uh, an abstraction and you know like th this is what for etl procedures you can use you know like to 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 save you some time right that you can progress faster all right so i was talking about the modeling phase right and uh, the next phase is is actually e evaluation and and evaluation is where you're um testing your hypothesis right here you you put it some something that is, you know, like that 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 is um, solving your task, and then actually you're you're um, uh, evaluating how well it is solving that task, right? I'll, I'll talk in more details about that one, and 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 this is this is an important phase of, of the whole project because you know, like how well you evaluate the, the different approaches that is based what you will put in into production. And uh, like there are a lot of different uh, evaluation methods as well as, as, as different algorithms and, and uh, you know, like what, what you, and, and libraries that you can use for, for developing machine learning models. And, and the, then when, when you're right, I mean, uh, here you can go forward if you're happy with the results, or as I said, you can go backwards and you know, like if, if you're not getting results as, as you would like, basically you go back to some of those like either modeling or, or you want to explore a little bit more data and, and understand what's there or, or you, you need to get uh, some more data or transform in, in a different way, right? And then uh, we have a de deployment where actually we put our model into production and you know, like uh, the rest of the system can use this model to make some predictions actually to, to get the results from, from the model, right? Uh, so this, this is the, the, the general life cycle. And um, he, here, um, here is the, the first phase that we, we had uh, about the uh, actually uh, data acquisition. So uh, what, what we had, we, we had um, like mappings metadata, right? Uh, and uh, actually we had data, metadata from two uh, products. So uh, one product is Power Center, which is the on-prem product. So you can install it on your machine and, and develop those ETL procedures. And uh, the, the second one is uh, the cloud data integration, where we, uh, we were able to get the, the anonymized data from, from some repositories and actually you use that data for training our models. And the thing was here that formats were not completely compatible. There, there were some differences. So we, we, uh, we developed a, a pipeline for actually made, uh, bringing those two models to a canonical or, or a unified model. So here you can see like we have the data for, from cloud data integration, uh, we have from, from power center, right? And then we translate and, and parse into a, a unified model that we can visualize, right? And, and, and then build on top of that our, our models. So um, here, here is an example of the mapping graph, how it looks after we, you know, like convert it to a, to a um, unified model. So basically here you have nodes and you have edges, right? So it's it's a graph, right? Which which connects different transformations. So here we have a source, here we have another source, then there is a sorter, then those two sort sources are joined, and etc. And, and then at the end you have a target where where you're storing uh, your uh, records, right? That that you uh, transform. Uh, so. Uh, I would like to, to, to share also about the, the data timeline. And, and this is something uh, typical for, for the machine learning projects. When, when you, you know, like 
when you do some course on, on Coursera or, you know, like on internet, you have prepared data and, you know, like data set and you focus on algorithms and, you know, like how those things are working. And you, you usually, you know, like in, in production, in, in industry, um, as you're developing your projects, you're also getting the data and, 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 and that's a reality, you know, like, and, and it's, it's very important step because the, the, you know, like the better data you secure, right? I mean, there is higher likelihood that your project will be successful because um, probably, or maybe you heard about the, the, that expression, garbage in, garbage out, right? I mean, you, if, you, if you put some low quality data into your model, I mean, you train it on, on that. It, it cannot learn better than, than the data that you provided. So basically, uh, it's it's very high chance that that the results won't be uh, very good. So th th this is this is an important piece of uh, of the of the project where you are uh, securing your data, and here you can see the the timeline of of uh, for, for this project. So um, actually, uh, we um, we have a, a like. A, a specific timeline for developing all projects. And so you, you, you have an initial phase when, when you start and you know, like you're doing your POCs, your proof of concepts, and then you have a feature freeze. And the feature freeze is a hard deadline when you have to stop with everything, with all your development. And that is because, you know, like what you develop, you can, uh, that, that's what you can put into production because then other teams start to, you know, like test the quality of, of what you have developed, how it's, you know, like both functional and non-functional, like how it's scaling and all other stuff, right? So to, to leave time for them, basically we have a, a deadline where we had to stop, you know, like and not to, to develop further uh, the, the feature, right? Uh, and uh, so th this is the timeline. It was a little bit more than three months. so. Uh, for, for this particular project, three, three months, you know, like it's, it's kind of very, very tight, you know, like to, to for every project, three months are tight, but especially for, for machine learning and data science projects, this is, you know, like it's very short time frame and, and it's required to act, act very quickly, you know, like that you can basically put your, your things in, into production. So, uh, what, what we had initially, we, we had uh, some internal data. So we had one power center repository with a little bit less than 700 mappings. And also we had uh, internal uh, cloud repositories um, uh, that had a little bit more than 800 mappings in total. And those were from three orgs. So uh, think about the orgs um, organizations, right? These are the domains that that are independent and that they are using, you know, they they are building their own uh, mappings in, inside, right? So, some client can have only single org, right? Or some client can have multiple orgs. For instance, like usually, if 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 it's um, geographically distributed, you can have one org for EMEA, another org for US, etc., right? So the, this is what we started, and, and um, the, the, it was a, a very small amount of data. Uh, the good thing was we, we were able to start, you know, like building the pipelines and, and, you know, like understanding the data and all that data exploration piece. And in parallel, the, um, the other team that we've been working closely was actually um, working on a project to um, enable us the, the, uh, the access to, you know, like real data that, and, and, and significant amount of data. So they, they, they've been building, you know, the system that actually, uh, you know, like takes the data, anonymizes that in, in secure zone, you know, like, and, and then we get the uh, completely anonymized data. I mean, uh, th this is right uh, from the legal perspective and from all other, we, we, we don't see actually, you know, like well, what's there, what, what is the metadata, what is the data, we, we just get those graphs, you know, like th th that was the important thing for us, right? 
And so, so the team was, was building in parallel uh, that system to, to enable us uh, the data. So uh, a month before, we got a, a replica of the system with significantly larger number of mappings, like uh, almost 6,000 mappings and from 51 org, right? And then three days before, we, um, we were able to access the production data, which had uh, like 147 orgs and um, in total, like it was um, a little bit less than 50,000 mappings, which was a way significant, uh, sig significantly larger number of, of the mappings. So uh, <clears throat> at the end, we trained our models on, on, on this uh, uh, sig significantly larger data. And in the meantime, we were using, you know, like uh, the, the smaller repositories to test some ideas and, and you know, like see actually what, what, what's working and what is not working. And, and obviously um, there, there were uh, like two challenges. Uh, first one is, is time. And here, how, um, you know, how to quickly produce models with, with new data. Uh, basically, we, we knew, you know, like, because data was not available at the beginning, you know, we, we, we knew we won't have a lot of time to tune, you know, like, some very complex models. Because, you know, like, you can use some very heavy machinery, uh, but it, it takes time to tune that and to work you know, like on, on, on some uh, um, you know, like specific data sets. The, the second challenge was, was data av availability. Uh, basically from, from the start, we knew we, we won't have all the data from all our customers. So uh, at that time, like uh, we had around 6,000 orgs uh, and we knew we will have an access only to 146 seven orgs because this was a new project and uh, the idea you know like basically there was no a mechanism for for our users to opt in and you know like allow us to to use their data but basically the pm you know um, contacted uh, each of those 147 orgs and and they you know like uh, allowed us to to use their data and, and train the models and and this is also something you know like uh it's a typical thing right it's a chicken and egg right like you you know like if you want to to ask your users to train models on their data right you need to show them that they can get the value from from there right so you you need to develop something that can work in production and then you know like if they are willing to contribute basically you can use their data and improve your models further so it's, it's kind of, you know, like um, basically we develop some feature and then as we go, right, and, and as we are acquiring more data, we, uh, we improve it and, and, you know, like add, add uh, more uh, accuracy. So here uh, the, uh, the challenge was how to capture general patterns, right? I mean, because we knew we, we, were, we were looking only at 2%, of the data, how, you know, like we captured the general patterns for the 98%, right, of, of other customers that, that are going to use, right, I, I mean, this feature. So th these, these were two main challenges that shaped, you know, how we approached the, 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 the whole project. And uh, so we, we started with uh, data exploration, right? And the first question for us was like, is there a pattern in, in, in data? And, and can we, you know, like actually, can we train, can we learn something from the data? So what, what, what we did, we, um, we developed a, a co-occurrence matrix. And, and here you can see like a, a row represents current transformation and column represents next transformation, right? So we wanted to see if we know the uh, current transformation, can we predict what is next, right? It's a very simple model. And here you can see, hopefully you can see uh, some tiny numbers. Here is a, a part of, of this uh, co-occurrence uh, matrix for, for one data set. So basically here we counted, you know, like for instance, like 
how many times after sorter, which is one transformation, uh, we can have an aggregator, right? And uh, this is the number. And uh, this matrix is also color coded. So you can see that um, the darker colors mean there is a more frequent pattern and the lighter colors mean uh, it's, it, there, there is no, right, uh, that uh, pattern, there is no coherence. So here you, 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 can, you can see that there are some patterns, right, that we were able to, to spot. For instance, like after stored procedure, there is a, an expression which, you know, like th there is a high uh, correlation between those two. And for some others, right, they were uh, kind of not very, very frequent uh, patterns. So um, what, what we did, basically we, we developed uh, uh, quickly a model that can, you know, like capture these patterns. And uh, this is a, we, we call it frequency-based model. And it's a, it's a very simple model where K is the number of recommended transformations. So basically with, with number K, we, we define how many recommendations we want to provide to our users. And uh, so here, here is an example, right? Let's say, uh, let's imagine we have just four transformations. In reality, there are um, much more. And we have like expression, filter, joiner, and lookup, right? And th this is uh, like the current transformation and the columns mean the, the next one, right? So um, what we can do, we can calculate those frequencies, right? How frequently after this, let's say after filter, there is a, an expression uh, transformation. So uh, if K is equal to, and we have, a, let's say a, a filter transformation as the current transformation, then we can, you know, like, basically query this table and find the, the most frequent ones that are, uh, you know, like that are following this uh, transformation. So let's say in this example, like it's an expression and it's a lookup where we, um, you know, like also we can have an um, guess about how, how um, what the accuracy we will have. Like if we, if we sum those two, uh, Frequencies basically we, we can guess that it's around 80%, right? In 80% of the cases, uh, we will have uh, those two transformations following the, the filter. And th th this is, um, this is the, the, the first model that we uh, implemented and evaluated, right? We wanted to see uh, how it works, right? With, with the, with, the, with the simple model and, and how can we iterate and, and improve further. So uh, for this, uh, we, um, we use the evaluation metric for evaluating recommendations. And uh, in, in uh, recommendation systems, there is one popular metric, which is a uh, precision at K. And it gives you an estimate how well you're recommending something to the users based on the, on the number of hits and misses, right? And, and hits in our case is the number of occurrences of next transformation from original mapping in the top K recommendation. So, right, we treat, uh, we take one of the mappings from our uh, data set and basically, um, you know, like we, we get the pairs, right? What is following what? And we, we, um, we train our model, we calculate the, the frequencies, but then we use the, um, the subset of this, um, that, you know, like uh, another part of the data set actually to, to, um, to estimate how to evaluate how well the recommendations are doing. And, and for this case, uh, basically we're um, looking, if we have a particular transformation, uh, what transformation we are recommending and is within those uh, transformations that we are recommending actually the recommendation of uh, the transformation that is used in the mapping, right? So the, the thing is, right, we, we are um, pretending, right, that we don't know uh, which transformation was following, right, the current transformation, and we recommend uh, some transformations, and then we... Uh, 
look to match is within those that we recommended, is there a, a actual transformation that was used, right? So th this is the, the intuition behind um, this uh, metric. And, and for the misses, like for the number of, uh, of the uh, uh, occurrences where we, uh, we, we didn't predict, right? Max transformation from the original mapping, this is, uh, we counted that as, as a miss, right? Because uh, th there was no um, uh, the original transformation that is in the mapping. And, and this is the, the, the formula that, that is using, that is calculating this um, metric. Uh, okay, so, so these are, these are the um, results on, on initial data set. And we, we were varying the number of K, basically where we, um, you know, like if we show only one recommendation, what is the precision, right? And in this case, it was around 40%, right? And if K is three, right? Then if we show three recommendations, then of course we, we have a higher chance to actually recommend the one that, that is in, in the original mapping. And uh, here the precision was um, around 72%, right? And if we show five, right, then the precision went up almost to 84%. And um, we, we show this to, to our uh, PM, to product manager and to UX, and, and they recommended to us to show the, the first three recommendations. So, you know, like to, um, if we show a lot of recommendations, it's not well, right? If we show only one, again, the, the user um, is not able to, to choose from, from those. So uh, we, we, we selected uh, the, the K parameter, the number of recommendations as uh, three. And um, we, we are showing, you know, like in, in, in this feature, basically we are recommending three um, transformations that can be used on, on the canvas. Uh, Sorry, Belgian, I'm just gonna give you five minute warning. All right, okay. Okay, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll go faster. Um, yeah, the, the, the next thing is, <laughs> I won't stick to the, uh, too much to the technical details because it's, it's lunchtime and uh, I, I assume <laughs> with, you know, like it's, it's not easy to digest both things, right? I mean, a lot of technical <laughs> things and, <laughs> and food. So okay, there, was, there was sorry, there was just one question that uh -huh. that, that popped in around the product manager. Um, mm -hmm. I just find it here now. It, it was around the value of, of 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 this process to a product manager, and and how uh, probably not for this session, but I'm interested in hearing uh, why the product manager of the CTL tool felt it was worth investing in this product, uh, our project. Uh, what value or impact did did they uh -huh. get from it? Ah, I see. What what what's what's the what's the value for the users, right? Uh, yeah, that's that's a good question. Well, uh, the the value is uh, basically we we want to enable users to progress as as fast as possible, right? I mean, instead of looking and uh, you know like uh, searching in the list of the of the transformations, basically they can you know like pick from 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 the list of our recommendations and you know like select those so that, that that was the main value the second value was was some you know like um best practices and you know like some frequent patterns that we are using um you know like to, to build those um those uh, um mappings so that that was the, the second value for for okay, the great. for the pm okay so um all right, uh, so we, we used, right, I mean, um, frequency-based model, like the first order model to, to uh, recommend uh, these transformations. Uh, and then we were thinking, okay, what if we just not look at the, at the one before? Basically, we, we also look uh, the, uh, you know, like two following transformations. So what is, what is you know, like uh, before the current transformation, what are the, uh, transformations also used. Can this uh, improve the model? And uh, this is what we we named the, the second order model, right? So 
the, this is the first order model. We're just looking at the, to the current transformation and we, um, you know, predict what is the next transformation. And also, you know, like we, we're in the second order model, we are using uh, also um, the, the, the transformations that are before this current transformation, right? And in our experiments, this increased precision uh, by um, 13% for a precision at one for the top right recommendation and precision at three by, by uh, 9%, right? So, um, um, I mean, we, we, we use this uh, as, as a set of features. And the, the, the second uh, thing that we, um, uh, we identified is basically that there are uh, two um, patterns, two most frequent patterns, how people are, are using, um, you know, how they are building the, the mappings. And one is, is like, you know, like people start from the left to the right, right? And, and they, you know, like uh, put source and then they are adding transformations. And in the end, they, they add the, the target with, where they want to, to store the results, right? And this is what we called relief recommendation because we, we know what is, you know, what are the transformations before, but we don't know what is following. And uh, another pattern is like, we, um, you know, some, some guys put the source and the target, and then they start adding transformations in the middle. You know, like they, they're basically, like you can, like when you're writing your function, right? You can um, put your code first, put the algorithm and then interfaces, or you can put interfaces and then, you know, like you, you can write your logic. So uh, these were like two patterns. And um, actually we developed two models to cater for, for those two patterns. And uh, this is the, the, in our experiments, uh, we got increase, uh, in precision at one by using the, these two um, models. Okay, so when, when we when we were done with um, with our uh, POC, basically then uh, there was a, a step to move to production, and here the, the, there were two challenges. Like uh, first one, the, the tech stack was Java based, and and our POCs were developed in Python. And we, we've been using some, um, you know, like common, some popular uh, machine learning libraries like scikit-learn to, to train models. And also there was a, a response time uh, requirement. So to, to have a responsive UI, we, we, we needed to uh, make predictions in, in, in certain amount of time, right? Uh, so uh, basically what, what, what we did, we um, investigated what are the options, right, to, to um, move our, our, um, our POC to Java production code. And I'll, I'll briefly uh, go through all, all different options. So one option is to embed, basically you have two code bases and you have uh, Python and Java code. And then you, you know, like you can, you can uh, run your, uh, model and uh, query uh, for the results. Uh, the, the, the cons of these approaches, you have additional glue code and, and there is a communication overhead. And also you have to, to maintain two code bases, which is not great. Um, the second thing which is available is like you can uh, transpile your, your models or transcompile your models to Java and uh, there are some libraries where you know, like you can you can put as an input your um, scikit-learn model, and they generate the Java code that actually you know like uh, is behaving in the same way as the model. Uh, the cons uh, the cons here were you know like it's uh, the quality is is is, uh, is not always the same, and there is a limited number of supported models. And the third option that we, we actually took is, is to redevelop our models using some of the um, libraries that support both Java and Python. And in this case, we, we used uh, Spark, which is widely uh, you know, like used in, in, in 
Informatica and basically here we had the, you know, like we, we got the speed and also the scaling, right? And uh, the, the nice thing was that the code for training stayed in Python. So we were able to, to train our models in Python and we converted the, the code for making actually predictions for, you know, for uh, generating recommendations. We re-implemented in, in Java. Uh, and this, this is the path we took basically uh, there is no single solution that fits, you know, like all use cases. So depending what, what, what you, you know, like depending from your requirements, uh, these are some of the options that, that you can consider. Uh, it's, it's coming close to two, Bojan. Do you want to yeah, I'll, 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 give, I'll, give I'll, your wrap up? Yeah, I'll, I'll wrap up. These, these are the, the production results we got. So basically it got released in, in summer 2019. So the, the previous year, and so far the, the acceptance rate for, for these models is 60%. So uh, out of all the recommendations that we provide, our users are um, accepting 60% of that. And the, the, with, with a small um, variation of uh, plus minus 5% or different months and, 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 and different pods. Uh, they're pod like for uh, US, right, EMEA and, and, and that. So uh, the, the, this is the acceptance rate. Like it's, it's almost like two out of three recommendations are, are uh, accepted. And I, I provided here um, a link for a trial if, if you're interested, you know, like to get your hands on and, and, and try uh, all the things that, that I talk about, not just, you know, like the, the recommendation part, but also the, the data integration, right? Um, Okay, and uh, yeah, about the future work, I'll, I'll, I'll just keep that. I just want to, to, to thank the whole team. And this is, this is the, the, you know, like the teams that were involved in, in, in this product. Uh, many teams like Core AI that, that I'm part of. Uh, then the product team, right? The platform that, that helped us to develop the microservice. Uh, then uh, PM and user experience, quality assurance that, you know, like tested. Uh, legal that you know, like made sure that we are you know compliant to all the. All I got. The I got I'm gonna have to cut you, but. <laughs> okay. Um, right. Probably the easiest. There's a couple of questions that's come in. Uh, it's just hit two, and and people have to get back. If 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 you don't mind, can people reach out to you directly on LinkedIn? Yeah. The, the, yeah. Sure. I, I mean, feel free to to reach and and we can. You yeah. Know, like, but then, no, thanks, Mill, for your, your time, Bojan. Um, it was really interesting to learn. Uh, I'll send around the video so people have for themselves that attended on your LinkedIn profile. If anybody is in questions directly, uh, please do reach out. Uh, we'll be having another Lunch and Learn in the, in the next week or two, and there's a couple of more things coming through. So thanks, Mill, for everybody turning up. Thanks, Bojan, for, for speaking. Informatica for letting you, um, for Icon Accounting for always sponsoring uh, our events and, and stuff like that. Uh, good seeing everybody and any questions Bojan reach out any questions for Dublin Tech Talks reach out as well speak soon all right thanks everyone thanks everybody